Good afternoon, Eastern Washington and fellow Patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State, brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries and the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story, and the news behind the news is not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. It's about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ. It's also about not ending in prayer, but moving to action. And it is about the gospel of the kingdom, Zechariah 2.5, but I declares the Lord will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. Take a moment right now, share the show, subscribe on Rumble, and if you're not subscribed to our Telegram channel, please do that right now for real breaking intelligence updates on what's going on in the world. We have a vast uh, uh, array of sources that we draw from, and you will know exactly what's happening right on time. And actually, a long time before the mainstream media gets around to reporting it. So, for example, the other day when there was that uh, fake news story about the Israelis attacking a hospital, we knew way ahead of time, with conclusive proof, geolocated and geoconfirmed that that was not an IDF attack, but was, in fact, a PIJ, or Palestinian Islamic Jihad missile, or sorry, excuse me, rocket that misfired and landed in that parking lot. By the way, it didn't even strike the hospital, landed in the parking lot. So we knew that way ahead of time. So if you want to stay ahead of the news, know what the truth is, please subscribe to our Telegram channel and also like and share this, comment on it as well. And uh, any guests that you want to have on, we've got a great guest coming up here in a few moments, but first some breaking news. And uh, you're going to see this on our uh, Telegram channel very quickly. Uh, coming to us from Amir Sarfati, uh, we are witnessing a massive flow of Iranian militia forces from Iraq and Yemen into Syria and Lebanon as well. Um, this is confirmation of what we've been talking about here for the last week, that in fact, uh, this looks like the preparations for a broader war is happening right now as we speak. In addition to that, the United States government has made the decision the United States military is going to be surging 19,000 troops. You heard that right, 19,000 troops into the Middle East. In various places, uh, I'm going to tell you that of the five criteria for war, two aircraft carrier groups in one area of the world, boots on the ground, air, uh, anti-aircraft on the ground, and now the Israelis are saying they're setting up a field hospital in the north of Israel. That was the other one that we were looking for in addition to air assets and specifically strategic bomber assets being moved into the area. All five criteria are now met. This looks like a war in a very short period of time. So we're going to go to our guests now, but we're going to continue this with the briefing at the end if you want to stay tuned. And I'm going to give some, some details on some other things that are happening because we don't want to be distracted from other things that might be important as well. Uh, with everything going on in the Middle East. we got to keep our eyes everywhere, and that's what the briefing is going to be about. But quickly, one more, um, one more breaking news. Again, this stuff is coming to me literally as, as we're talking. Um, the, the air attacks coming from southern Lebanon have now resulted in... Uh, Israeli attacks in southern Lebanon on a very consistent basis now. In fact, very fierce firefight, and I'll, I'll show some here later in the briefing. But also, 
U.S. bases now in the Middle East continue to be attacked by Iranian militias. Um, this is happening both in Iraq and in Syria. Troops have now been moved to those bases and have landed at those bases. Uh, and that happened earlier today to reinforce the soldiers there, but also to provide a quick reaction force in case our embassies in the Middle East need to be evacuated. So uh, this is very quickly, <laughs> I mean, very, very quickly escalating. The Houthis in Yemen have uh, taken responsibility for firing a barrage of missiles and drones towards Israeli territory. Most of those were intercepted by American ships. However, it is a little bit in dispute whether those ships were actually targeted. We're going to get to that here a little bit later in the briefing as well. And lastly, on this kind of emergent news front, the Conoco gas pipeline in eastern Syria uh, was blown up by Iranian proxies. So now they're attacking strategic business assets there. I think as we all know, um, those are the kind of things that get U.S. troops involved on the ground. Now, again, I'm reporting and I'm not advocating. I want this to be really clear right now. However, it looks very clear to me, in the intelligence picture right now, that there may be attacks here in the United States of America coming up in very short order. In other words, they're trying to justify the attacks here in the United States by baiting the U.S. military into confrontation there in the Middle East. And candidly, uh, this was probably the plan uh, all along as I'm scrolling through some of these things. Um, this is incredible. What's just, I mean, this, this is coming in one right after the other. Now, um, Saudi Arabia has now uh, also intercepted one missile of the barrage that the Houthis in Yemen launched toward Israel. So the Saudis <laughs> got involved in that. And it looks like in eastern Syria right now, large explosions uh, are happening near uh, the El Amr oil field in eastern uh, Syria, but also the U.S. base is located near there. Um, Israeli officials confirmed that the Saudis did, in fact, intercept that missile. Also, 15 drones were launched from Yemen as part of that missile barrage. So Yemen now in play from the south. And for those of you that watched the last time study last night, it's an interesting thing now. There is something happening from the south. And we were talking about the prophecy in 2nd Esdras, which was in the 1611 King James uh, version of the Bible, a it's an apocrypha. It is not canon. However, that prophecy has been accurate for almost 1,800 years. So we pay attention to these things. And now we're seeing attacks from the South. So those of you that watched it last night know that those attacks from the South are part of the prophetic word that came. So... um. And uh, if our guest right now, I think we're, we're getting ready to uh, have them come on. Travis, are they, are they on with us right now? I think they need to activate their video and audio so we can bring them in uh, with the connection. So are they on yet? All right, so I'm going to keep going here with a couple other things. And, okay, it looks like we got them. Fantastic. It is my honor to finally have on 
pastor and doctor Todd Hudnall and his wife Kelly from Radiant Church, Colorado Springs. He is the author of Holy Rebel, RadiantChurch.org. Todd and Kelly, great to have you on Patriot Radio for the first time. Great to be here. Great to be with you. And thank you for the patience on Mountain Time versus Pacific Time. That messes us up sometimes, so appreciate that. No worries. It was interesting to hear all the things that you were saying before we came on air here. Yes, I, this is um, current events is in the Bible, I guess, huh? How about that? <laughs> it's been we amazing. We are living the Bible right now, it sounds like. We are. and All, I think, all nations coming against Israel. Right, exactly. And, and there's a, a, profo- a prophecy that we were talking about from 2nd Esdras that talked about the enemies launching flying swords. That was the, this is written in 200 AD, flying swords from the south. I had never heard this yeah, in relation I'll, to what's going on. I'll have to send you the, the link to it. And then it also says Israel will be attacked from the west, and the only place that's possible is Gaza. So interesting stuff. Right. So anyway, I, I think this is, this is why your book is so germane to what's happening today that it's been Christians sitting back in this spirit of apathy and excuses that has really allowed evil to march forward. So if you could, let's start out. What prompted you to write Holy Rebel? Well, Kelly, I think you can uh, give a better explanation of that. What prompted it, Matt, was um, time in my prayer closet. and we we have a little closet under the stairs in our basement, and it's my favorite place to go on planet Earth. And uh, I had spent a lot of time in there just praying and crying out to God over the state of our nation, over the the world that we're living in, and praying very specifically for this generation of youth, children, and young adults that are growing up in such gross darkness. And uh, this was a few years ago, so a lot has happened since this this holy rebel revelation was birthed in the prayer closet. But I was crying out to God with just weeping and and travailing, interceding. And, and you know, it, I cannot compare it to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't think anyone could ever compare our prayer and our intercession to that. But I would say it was similar on a small scale where I was weeping and crying out to God for for His wisdom, for His revelation. God, what do we do in this time of crisis in our world and in our nation right here in America? And as I was crying out to God, it was as if the presence of God filled the closet and I knew I needed to be still. And so I stopped and I waited and the Lord dropped this revelation in my spirit. And it was this, Matt. He said, I want you to pray for a holy rebellion. And I I stopped and I'm pondering a holy rebellion. What 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 does what that what does that look like? And the Lord began to download to me that every person is a rebel of one kind or another. You're either a holy rebel who is partnering with heaven and rebelling against hell's agenda with with God's weapons of righteousness, holiness, and truth, or you're an unholy rebel who is partnering with hell in a rebellion against God. And so that day, I just began to pray along those lines and praying 
for those that have grown up in darkness. You know, we have two children and they have grown up in the knowledge of the truth. They have had the word of God instilled within their hearts since the time, well, even in utero, when we were laying hands on my belly and praying over them and, and decreeing God's word over them. And so now they're 16 and 18 and they have grown up having the word of God and the love of Jesus Christ being instilled within them. But my heart aches for the multiplied millions that don't have that. And so ever since then, we have been just listening to, to the heart of God and praying for a holy rebellion, which is, let me be clear, and, and I want to go to the New Living Translation of Luke twenty two thirty seven because right after this revelation in the prayer closet, I read Luke 22, verse 37 in the NLT, and I want to read it to you. It says, For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. And this is mm -hmm. Jesus speaking to the disciples. And this is the prophecy. He, Messiah, was counted among the rebels. And he, Jesus here was referring to the prophecy in Isaiah 53, 12. And let me read that in the New Living Translation, and then I'll be, I'll be quiet. <laughs> but it, it says this holy prophecy that Jesus refers to is in the book of Isaiah, and this is what is, what is written about Messiah. It says, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death and he was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Now, to be clear, we're not speaking of the two rebels that hung on either side of Jesus on the cross because <laughs> those were rebels of another kind. But God truly is calling on every one of us today in this hour to rebel against the agenda of hell to not comply with it, to not be silent, to not go along with it. And right now, what we're seeing in Israel, the church in America must stand with Israel, Amen. and we must stand firm in prayer and intercession and with our mouths. The, the reality of the anti-Semitism here in our own nation is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. That it is an unholy rebellion. And so we were called by God to stand against the darkness and, and to go against the agenda of hell in this hour. And Todd, you know what I, I love about the sentiment throughout this book is that if we remain silent, the blood is on our hands. And it's not just in yeah. our nation. I mean, this is going to be around the world because we are that beacon of light. So if you could go into mm -hmm. that and a little bit of the the idea of motivating the next generation, but also motivating our generation. I know when we sat down in Colorado Springs. You, you, you yeah. treated me so kind, and I just felt like just we were kindred spirits. We were pointing in the same yeah, direction. I and, agree. And we had known each other for fifty years. So, if you could kind of share that heart. Yeah, you know, I want to recount a story that happened a few months ago. I was meeting with a young officer. Of course, we're in a military town. And in talking with his officer, I asked him how the uh, social experiment going on in the military was affecting him and affecting morale and affecting the military. And he made a statement that really stuck with me. He said, you know, the military was made for war. And he said, we've been in peace. And when we're in peace, we get involved in all kinds of goofy things. <laughs> and I have to say, that's the church. 
that we have not recognized that there's a battle and there's a war and there's a fight and we have to speak up and we have to battle in the spirit. And because we failed to recognize that, the church has gotten involved in all kinds of goofy things. And we've missed out on our calling, our mission, uh, that we're to be salt and light, that we are to, in fact, be at war against the powers of darkness. And I think that's a real issue today. And we have this idea, too, of being countercultural that you bring forward here, that, that this isn't like we're mm-hmm. accepting any part of the culture. No, we're actually being countercultural, we're bringing the culture of yeah. the kingdom in to transform the existing culture. Kelly, if you can comment on that. Oh, absolutely. As, as Todd said, we're called to be salt and light. And when we stop impacting and affecting the culture for, for good, then we've lost our saltiness. And Jesus said, then we're no good for anything but to be trampled underfoot. Um, I was just listening to a minister who is in heaven now and has been for a while, um, listening to one of his teachings a couple of days ago. It was Derek Prince. And he was talking about the fact Uh, He was talking about the fact that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And Satan absolutely hates God and is at war against God and God's kingdom. And he said, so anyone who is a follower of Christ is in God's kingdom. Therefore, the enemy that, of course, Satan hates every human being, but he hates God's kingdom. So he is at war against us. And I I love what he said. He said, so any believer who says, well, I'm just not going to get involved in any kind of war, any kind of spiritual battle. I just, I'm just going to kind of be neutral. He said, you will be leveled because whether we like it or not, we are in this spiritual battle. And so um, in the words of A.W. Tozer, he said, the quicker we realize that we're called to be soldiers, and drop our toys and pick up our weapons, Mm -hmm. then we will begin to walk in victory and we will advance the kingdom of God. We're in a war, but a lot of us aren't warring. (laughs) And so we're getting (laughs) trampled underfoot. (laughs) Well, and I love how you point out here that that there are there's this kind of list of lies that the enemy brings in to attack identity, to attack the 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 idea Mm -hmm. that we can actually even move in power, um, that we actually may are made for this Mm -hmm. time, that God wants to flow through us. And so if you could, you know, a lot of the church has taken them out, taken themselves out of the fight. They've they've walked off the yeah. field. If you could kind of address some of these lies that people listen to and how we can reverse them. Well, I think the idea is that if we don't do anything, if we remain neutral, that we're really being godly. And Jesus never was neutral. <laughs> I mean, Jesus was very clear. He drew the lines and he said, pick a side. And he picked his side and either you were with him or you were against him, but there wasn't neutral ground. And I think too many believers and too many churches are trying to play the neutral ground and not be involved. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the scripture talks about people wanting certain things. And so uh, ministers appeal to their itching ears. And I feel like there is a real desire for the church just to be uninvolved and for the church to be more of uh, about us instead of impacting the culture and being salt and light. And so pastors appeal to that because they want to 
cater to these itching ears. And what we've been really challenging pastors to do is to go against that and say, no, we have to stand where the Bible stands and we have to be these holy rebels and these biblical spiritual warriors that God has called us to be. Well, and I see, I see a lot of, a lot of churches have what I call a popcorn theology, right? I, I'm going to eat popcorn, watch everything happening around me and just hold on long enough to get out of here. Right. And that's not what Jesus oh, did, right? He, no, he, not at all. He went in, he transformed, and he taught everybody else how to do it. So, Kelly, how can people do this? What are the practical things people can do to be a holy rebel and kind of bring this into their life as an actual transformative walk with and in Jesus Christ? Well, I think it begins in the prayer closets or, you know, wherever people go to, to um, solidify and, and their relationship with the Lord and go deeper with Him. Um, you know, I, I just today we were meeting with some friends of ours, and, and uh, to, Jeremiah 29, 11 was brought up. You know, I know my plans for you, says the Lord, and they are plans for good and not evil, plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. And, and I said, but... I've heard Christians quote that again and again, but they they need to keep reading because right after that, it says, when you seek me diligently with all of your heart, then you will find me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we have a lot of um, spiritually lazy Christians yeah. in the American church today. And I'm not saying that to make anyone mad. I'm really not. I'm saying it because God is saying right now, I, I believe it's a Joel chapter two moment where he's saying, sound the alarm, blow the yes. trumpet, awaken my people. Mm-hmm. And, and so many have their fingers in their ears. And it's like that Misty Edwards song singing, da, 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 da. I don't want to hear. They don't want to hear the reality of, of what's going on right now because it makes them uncomfortable. And yet, and yet God is saying, awake, awaken, awaken yes. church, awaken my bride. It's yes. time to rise and shine. Mm-hmm. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And if we don't, rise up and shine our nation will go under like the titanic but i believe even as in the days of jonah though nineveh god had already declared judgment i believe if god's people will awaken and understand the time we're living in and begin to fast and pray and press into god and uncommon prayer is the word god gave me in this recent fast that we just went through i shut myself up one day for three hours in the closet and the lord said i'm calling my bride to a place of uncommon prayer right now this was two weeks before hamas struck israel he said i'm calling Calling my bride to a place of uncommon prayer is going to look different than what what you're used to, and yeah. and I I believe that's a word for the church today. And and he was showing me. He took me back to the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed uncommon prayers there. None of us have prayed prayers like that where we sweat great drops of blood and how he kept going back to his disciples repeatedly, trying to get them to join with him in this place of uncommon prayer because he was about to face crucifixion and they were about to come under attack. 
And the Lord, two weeks before is the, the Hamas struck Israel, I'm in the closet and the Lord is saying, Kelly, this is another time where my people have to come away and step into a place of uncommon yeah. prayer because you're about to face things that you've never seen before in your lifetime. And I had no idea what that meant. But then two weeks later, Hamas attacks, targets Israel and begins to attack them. In, a, in horrific ways. I, I, I watched the video footage that I, changed me forever. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe, I believe the same, I believe it's coming for America. Yep. And the, the American church that says, oh, that's Israel, poor Israel. We're so sorry for them. And God bless Israel. Oh, we speak peace to Jerusalem. And then we go on our merry way because we're here and not there. Friends, I believe God is saying, awaken church, yeah, awaken, the church, the church awaken. The has to see the hour we're in. O'Kelly referred to Joel chapter 2, and in Joel chapter 2, it's real interesting. There's a corollary in Isaiah where Isaiah says that we're to take our weapons of war and turn them into agricultural weapons. But in Joel, it says the opposite. It says we're to take our agricultural weapons and turn them into weapons of war. Yep. Well, the first passage, obviously, is talking about the time of the millennium. but we live in a time of war. You know, Solomon said there is a time for for uh, peace and there is a time for war. And spiritually, it's a time for war. And, you know, we do not mean to be condemning of churches or no. what they're doing, but we do want to challenge and say, this is the hour to rise up. This is the hour to be the people of God. This is the hour to not be lazy dogs sitting by the fire, but to rise up and be the people of God he's called us to be, to be warriors, to be intercessors. Uh, just uh, today, uh, we heard about a woman who was asking us uh, and, and thanking us for praying for Israel. Um, my message Sunday was about what was going on in Israel. And she said, we've been looking all over the city for a church that would pray for Israel. And I yep. know there were some, but she said she couldn't find any. Come on, church, let's wake up. Let's get engaged. Let's quit talking about how we can uh, have our best life now. Let's talk about how we can advance the kingdom of God and make a difference for Christ in the hour in which we live. And I think that's a great segue to the last point, and that is the idea of two movements, revival and reformation. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does that actually look like for the church today? You want to share a little bit of your dream? Because I think that's important. Um, I, I had a, a, a prophetic dream in October of 2021, um, where I, it was the first time I'd ever had an angel visit me in a dream or visit me at all. Um, but in this dream, I saw two magnificent streams and they were defying gravity, Matt. And instead of the water flowing downstream, it was going, moving upstream. And in, in these streams, the water was, was like almost like effervescent. It was almost like it was alive. It was pure white, like as white as milk and bubbly. It just was like teeming with life. And I'm taken by this in awe of it. And I'm watching it. These two streams are like moving together perfectly. One winding in and out of these magnificent oak trees. And I'm taking all of this in. I'm absolutely amazed by it when I realize there is an angelic being behind my right shoulder. And so I'm taking this in with my eyes and then I'm sensing this angel behind me. So it's taking my breath away. And I hear the angel say to me, 
the move of God will be carried on these two prophetic streams. And I'm, I'm thinking, what does that mean? And then I hear the verse from Joel, and it's been a while since I've thought about this dream. Is it Joel 28, where it says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. I'm Job. It's in Job, Job, not Joel. Yep. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm taking all this in and I'll try to, to fast forward. Um, I'm taking all this in and watching it. And I, we, we realized those two streams were revival and reformation. Yeah. And you have to have both streams. If all you have is revival, then people will get all excited and revived mm -hmm. and then nothing will happen. But when people get revived and then they move in along with that reformation stream, then we can see a beautiful revolution. We can see America shall be saved, oh, that amen. our nation can be saved. I don't believe it's hopeless. I believe that the church will wake up and move in these prophetic streams. We will see revival, yeah. awakening. We, we, we can see reformation, but we have to crucify our flesh, our carnal nature, our own human reasoning and thinking, our own agendas. And we have to get in sync with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and come together as the body of Christ in unity across denominational lines. But but what I saw next in this dream, the angel translated me and I to these different locations across the United States. And I could see these pockets of believers that were praying, worshiping God and praising him in one accord. And none of them were massive groups. They were small groups. But the sound of their prayers and their praise and their worship in one accord was breathtaking and awe-inspiring. And I would watch it, and then the angel would trans translate me to another, and another, and another. Then he brought me back to the streams. And he said that if the prayers of God's people in one accord, if the prayers and the praises of God's people in one accord cease, the movement of these two streams mm -hmm. will cease. Wow. And I think a good, um, a good illustration of this, or a good example of this, was Charles Finney. Because I, I, I know you know quite a bit about the Second Great Awakening and Charles Finney. But Finney not only had revival, but they also had reformation. In fact, he had raised so much money that it rivaled the federal government how much money they raised uh, toward movements like abolition and getting rid of child slavery or, well, child work in the, in the nation. Uh, it, it was incredible uh, what they did. They accomplished so much good. A good reformation of what was going on in the systems, but it all began with revival, and that revival was birthed in prayer with Father Nash. And it's so interesting, Father Nash would travel with him, and mm -hmm. he would form a group of intercessors, and they would pray, and revival would come out of that, and there's so many stories about it. But one thing very interesting is the year Father Nash died, Finney decided to step off the evangelistic trail because he knew he had to have the prayer. So we've got to have the prayer that leads to the revival that will take us into the Reformation, and we need all of them. And Kelly, you don't know this, but we've had many words here uh, in Spokane, Washington, about these pockets all over the country and fires being That's lit awesome. out of those pockets and then connecting together. Mm. So I witnessed to that. That's absolutely what, what is That's happening awesome. right now, and it's based on obedience to him. So very quickly— where can people find out more about Radiant Church and also by the book? 
Well, you could, of course, go to our church website, radiantchurch.org. We have messages there and uh, materials that we provide. But also, uh, if you just go to Amazon or any place where books are sold online, you can get Holy Rebel. Um, so It's also on Audible. Todd and I uh, both recorded, each of us recorded the chapters that, that we wrote. And so you can get it on Audible. Amazing. Thank you both so much. I just, again, I feel like I've known you both for 50 years, so it is great to know other people in the fight in Colorado Springs, and please, I uh, would love to have you on again. God bless you, and keep up the fight down there. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Thank you, you Matt. for all you're doing, yes, Matt. Thank God you. bless you. Amen. Todd and Kelly Hudnall from Radiant Church, Colorado Springs, radiantchurch.org, radiantchurch.org, authors of Holy Rebel. Check it out. You can buy it online on Amazon and just absolutely fantastic, a fantastic power couple, just brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world coming together right now. That's what God's doing. These connections and relations just gets me so excited because we are living in the greatest time in history, the greatest harvest in history. And great apostasy happens at the same time as great awakening. And it, it, it's not mutually exclusive. Let's get into the harvest fields. Let's get into the fight and get off the couch. Amen. Well, that brings me now to your daily intelligence briefing. And first, we're going to take a moment. I'm going to just teach very quickly, scripturally. So there are certain books in the Bible uh, that refer to other books. So for example, um, several books in the Bible refer to reading the book of Jasher. Um, other books say, hey, there's a book uh, regarding Gad the seer who was at the time of David. Well, the, the, the Bible doesn't mention this book. However, the prophecy was so accurate, so profound, that it was included in the 1611 King James Bible. And, and you've heard me talk about this on the show before, but here it is. If you haven't heard this before, pay attention. In summary, 2nd Esdras, which again was included in the 1611 King James Bible's Apocrypha, not canon prophesied a split of the Roman Empire into two, uh, two uh, streams, two kingdoms. And then Ephraim, who was Ephraim the Syrian, early church father, and Hippolytus actually quoted similar prophecies from 2nd Esdras. In addition to that, later Christopher Columbus Use Second Esdras as a justification in 1492 to try and find an eastern route into the Islamic Empire to defeat it once and for all because the Spanish had just defeated the Islamic Empire after a 700-year battle, had just defeated them in Granada, and they were looking to defeat them once and for all. And the western route through the Mediterranean was too difficult, so they were sending Christopher Columbus the eastern route, and he used Second Esdras to justify it. So this isn't like, this was just nobody knew about it for years. This was included for a reason in 1611. So in 2nd in Esdras, it predicted the split of the Roman Empire, and then some of the early church fathers said, and specifically Ephraim the Syrian, said that it would be two brothers that would take the kingdom, one and the other. And that's exactly what happened in 395. You had a split to the Western Roman Empire, which was uh, moved to Constantinople, or the Eastern Roman Empire, which moved to Constantinople, and the Western Roman Empire, which was Rome, okay? And two brothers took over 
the Roman Empire. Now, the Western Roman Empire lasted until about 476. It was then restarted in 800 AD or so with the Holy Roman Empire, which continued through to 1917, various iterations. The last kind of, kind of a flavor of it was in Germany and the Kaisers. So the second iteration of the Western Roman Empire ended with the Kaisers in 1917. Kaiser is the German word for Caesar. Now, I want everybody to remember the year 1917 because this is going to become critical to understanding this. So then on the other side, the Eastern Roman Empire continued without collapsing, continued from 395 to 1453 when the Ottoman Turks sacked Constantinople and drove out the last of the Byzantine royalty, the Eastern Roman royalty. They fled to Russia and intermarried with the line of Tsar Nicholas I and then became what we know as the Tsars. And that second iteration of the Eastern Roman Empire lasted in Russia from 1453 to 1917, the end of World War I, but specifically with the rise of the communists who assassinated the Romanov family and so now you have this end of the second iteration of the Eastern Roman Empire. This is all predicted in chapter 11 and 12 of 2nd Esdras, that there would be these split in the Roman Empire, and then they would, they would end. But there was part of one of these, the Western Roman Empire, that would continue in a, in a form that they didn't really understand, and that really was through the Roman Catholic Church. It was called the third head of the eagle in the prophecy. But then it says something very interesting. It says there will be two little feathers at the end, and it gives the interpretation that the Western Roman Empire would come back for a third time, for a brief time, and be defeated. The Eastern Roman Empire would come back for a third time, for a brief time, and then be defeated. That happened in 1932 with the rise of what Hitler called the Third Reich or the third iteration of the Eastern Roman Empire. And then it lasted until 1945 when it was defeated. And it was prophesied in Second Esdras that the Eastern Roman Empire, or the remnants of it, would defeat the Western Roman Empire. And that's exactly what happened at the end of World War II. Russia came into Germany and was part of the Allies that defeated Germany at the end of World War II. Well, then it says that there's a second feather that the Eastern Roman Empire would have a third iteration as well. I believe that started with Vladimir Putin, and that is what we're seeing right now. In fact, they call themselves the Eastern Roman Empire on the streets of Moscow. A lot of people don't know that. And so this prophecy of Second Ezra says that the, the third iteration of the Eastern Roman Empire will also be defeated. Then it says there will be a, a rising up of the dragon nations of Arabia. And in chapter 15 of 2nd Esdras, it gives very specific details about who is going to attack in the last time. And it names, and, it's, and it calls it a, a foul east wind in Hippolytus, one of the early church fathers. The senseless desert nations in Ephraim the Syrian, 
in his works. And if you look at what's east of Israel, it's the desert nations of Arabia and it's Iran. And it said Iran in one in one of these passages, Iran would start it, but Israel would be attacked from the west. The only place that it can be attacked from the west is Gaza. From the south, uh, Yemen. And from the north, Lebanon and Syria, and also the West Bank through Jordan. Which brings us now, because we are always on the cutting edge, to officially the intelligence briefing today. I am going to forego some of the videos right now because I don't know if we're going to have time, but if I do, I'll do it at the end. So um, I want everybody to understand this, and I want everybody to understand that, that a lot of people have never even heard of these prophecies and that we should pay attention to what's going on right now from, from a biblical Middle Eastern lens. So right now, in just real time, this is happening. There is very clear indicators that Israel is going to be attacked from the north. Thousands, and this coming to us from Amir Sarfati, thousands of Iraqis are flocking to the Jordanian border under the slogan, we are going to Jerusalem, saints by the millions. American bases in Syria are under drone attack again. In addition to that, there are uh, Iranian proxies from Hezbollah. There's a whole bunch of different factions. By the way, that's also predicted in 2nd Esdras. Uh, from Hezbollah in Iraq are on their way to the Jordanian border. So they're joining these other groups that are going. Iran, Shiite rioters, set fire to the Israeli embassy in Bahrain. And, I mean, this is just goes on and on. I'm going to try to make a summary here real quick. But the last thing that just came in is that five Israeli embassies have now been evacuated or not staffed since the beginning of the war in Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, Bahrain, and Turkmenistan. And, wow. Wow. There's even more coming from that. So we're just going to go into the, the regular intelligence briefing right now, and I'm going to bring you up to speed in the Middle East, but that's all the breaking news as of right now. Again, it looks very clear like a, a broader regional war is in the offing and in very short order. So that brings us now to our video regarding technocracy. All that's happening in the Middle East. We don't want to lose focus on what they're trying to implement right now. So Travis, if you could roll the cue on this video that it, it really shows how they they want to take our dreams and twist them okay so in this one they said can they understand um the inner monologue the things you're saying to yourself in your own mind mind you by the way when you dream your dream like your visual cortex runs in reverse so your dreams are no longer safe um but we'll try this. So they had people watch a video and just narrate what was going on in the video in their mind. So there's a woman, she gets hit in the back, she falls over. This is what the computer reconstructed the person thinking. See a girl, looks just like me, get hit in the back, and then she is knocked off. So our thoughts like, are starting to be decoded. Yeah. 
Just think about what this means for authoritarian states, for instance. Or if you want to generate images that maximally activate your pleasure sensor, anything else. Okay, but let's keep going, right? To really get the sense of the combinatorics of this. How about, can we go from Wi-Fi radio signals, you know, sort of like the Wi-Fi routers in your house, they're bouncing off radio signals that work sort of Notice like sonar. Notice he said Wi-Fi. Can this you go really from important. that? Pay attention to the fact he just said Wi-Fi. Go ahead. To where human beings are, to images. So what they did is they had, um, you know, a camera looking at a space with people in it. Um, that's sort of like coming in from one eye. The other eye is the radio signals, so sonar from the uh, Wi-Fi router. And they just learned to predict, like, this is where the human beings are. Then they took away the camera. So all the AI had was the language of radio signals bouncing around a room. And this is what they're able to reconstruct. So they can know, they can not only read your thoughts, but they can also use this technology um, through Wi-Fi. Through Wi-Fi to figure out what, where you are at in your house. In other words, they can construct a pattern of life and they're going to say, oh, it's just to advertise to you. No, it's actually not. It's to be able to manipulate your behavior. 3D pose estimation, right? So suddenly AI has turned every Wi-Fi router into a camera that can work in the dark, specially tuned for tracking living beings. Or... Big Brother in Your Home, as written in 1984 by George Orwell. All right, that brings us now to the China front. We don't want to take our eyes off the ball here with the China front. But coming to us from Open Source Intelligence, Japan's chief cabinet secretary met with local government leaders to initiate the planning process of evacuating. Um, and this is, you know, I mean, this is fascinating to me. Evacuating. Okinawa, if a conflict with Taiwan breaks out, they have a deadline of March 2025. And Travis, if you could bring up the graphic here of Okinawa, um, a lot of people don't understand how close it is to Taiwan, but they also don't understand how many U.S. military inst installations are on there and how difficult, because it's a bigger island, how difficult it would be actually to try to evacuate this. So they're planning ahead. It hosts 30,000 U.S. troops on that island. It would play a serious role in every, uh, any regional conflict, in every regional conflict. So they're, they're preparing a plan to evacuate people and basically turn that entire island into a military base in the case of a conflict with Taiwan. That brings us next to Ann Magazine, coming to us from Arkansas. Uh, fantastic job Sarah Huckabee as Sanders is doing down there. She announced Arkansas is the first state to force companies from hostile foreign powers like China and Iran from owning agricultural land. <laughs> Finally, a governor doing what they're supposed to. Governor Inslee, Governor, uh, governor Little, almost said Governor Otter. Well, him too. Governor Little, what are you going to do? You have this power to do this. Shut down the property owned by China and Iran in this country. And there's actually a whole host of other terror organization proxies that we need to shut down their properties. Well, there's a reason they buy this. And a lot of people don't understand this. From an Eastern mindset, Eastern mindset of warfare, they fight to their supply lines. They don't carry them in their trains as much like the West does. They fight to their supply lines. So when they start buying up farmland and manufacturing facilities or creating hubs of manufacturing in, in a foreign country, they're signaling to you 
where they want to fight to. That's an Eastern mindset. A lot of people don't know that. So great job, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Would that every governor in this country or every county commission, as is here in Eastern Washington too, do this. And every county prosecutor and county sheriff back them up in this. These are clear and present dangers, existential threats to the United States of America. There's no question about that anymore. You should be doing something about it. That brings us now to Gateway Pundit. Uh, breaking news, Iran-backed Houthi militants fire up missiles at U.S. Navy destroyer off the coast of Yemen. Update, the U.S. intercepted missiles, says they were aimed at Israel. Well, either way, it's going to be a short time before the attacks on U.S. bases on land that are happening by Iranian proxies, which happened in Syria and in Iraq last night. At least three confirmed attacks are also going to be aimed at U.S. naval forces. So it looks very clear like the U.S. is going to be drug into this conflict. Again, I'm not advocating anything. We need a declaration of war that is a constitutional uh, provision for these instances. But there needs to be a debate in Congress, which is interesting what happened in Congress today. So I'll bring that to you here shortly. Coming to us from OSINT updates. um, Open source intelligence, OSINT, is becoming critical to real time. It's faster than even intelligence agencies right now. Real-time analysis of what's happening on the ground and very accurate. Israel is evacuating its diplomatic missions throughout the Middle East. So that is happening. And on the heels of that, the U.S. Embassy in Beirut coming to us from OSINT Technical. The Department of State urges U.S. citizens um, in Lebanon to make plans to depart as soon as possible. And they're actually saying that as long as commercially available means exist. So... um, I presume that embassy staff there is being pared down as well. Also, uh, open source intelligence, U.S. troops in Iraq were targeted in two separate drone attacks. Now, that has increased now with the ones I just told you about on breaking news. One of the drones, which um, approached the al-Assad airbase, was intercepted but still exploded near troops, and some of them are being treated for injuries. Coming to us from OSINT Defender, heavy fighting using small arms, mortars, and anti-tank guided missiles is reported. Uh, to currently be going on between Hezbollah and Israeli forces near the border with southern Lebanon. So uh, just a short version of that, that is the North Front. So there is probing that is happening right now, and they are massing forces on the borders, Syria, Lebanon, and now Jordan. These militias are massing on these borders to try to come through and be a part of this war, provoke something. Now, Hezbollah has 250,000, in in some estimates, up to 350,000 available military-age fighting males that could join this conflict. So in other other words, the Israelis are saying, you know, eight to ten times what Hamas has, and they're taking this very seriously. Also, from a biblical standpoint and a historic standpoint, Israel's enemies always attack from the north. That's why they get caught off guard if something happens in the South. That brings us to open source intelligence. Tuesday, Ukraine's military, and this is coming to us from the Russian front and the Ukrainian front. We need to pay attention to this because these missiles on the Russian and Ukrainian front are in a very 
short supply. Tuesday, Ukraine's military uh, used U.S. supplied AT, uh, just long-range missiles, to strike Russian military positions east in eastern Ukraine. The uh, strikes were the first time they were used in the conflict, and they struck two military airfields, destroying nine helicopters, anti-aircraft systems, ammunition warehouse, and others. And here's the bottom line. These have a, a range of about 165 kilometers. That means that Ukraine can now reach into Russia's rear areas and really devastate their rear areas. In addition to that, Ukrainians have uh, established what appears to be a bridgehead of some kind um, near Kherson, and uh, even Russian mill bloggers are admitting their their advances that are happening there. So we're gonna. This is a very fluid situation. Could change in a moment, but this is posturing prior to the winter coming in that area of the world. That brings us to open source intelligence and the London Stock Exchange investigating a systems incident. A systems incident? Could it be a hack, Travis? I don't know. A system incident that caused hundreds of stocks to be suspended today. Of course, they have no other explanation. Could enemies of the West attack the stock exchange to try to throw the economy in turmoil? Yes. And by the way, just as a side note, because a lot of people haven't been analyzing this, 400,000 Israeli reservists being called up. They're now no longer in the workforce, so that's almost certainly going to cause a recession in Israel. So this is how this works. They try to attack the economy that way as well. And that brings us to the national front. Wow. Okay. So, from World Net Daily, a stunner. Terror-loving extremist has key job at U.S. Homeland Security. Blank Israel, the government, and its military. Are you ready for your downfall? Well, hmm. Where did that come from? Well, anyway, bottom line is that we have people that have infiltrated to the highest levels of government. And Najwa Ali, a former spokeswoman for the Palestinian Liberation Organization, was hired by the U.S. Immigration Enforcement Agency. So, again, where is U.S. counterintelligence? Somebody. I mean, my goodness. And I think this is way deeper than we, we know. This is the third exposed in the last two weeks. That brings us now to Western Journal. Republicans pull complete 180 and announce a third Jim Jordan speaker vote. Looks like they may have got the votes. We're going to keep our eyes on this uh, very, very closely. I don't know if they're going to do this tomorrow or not. Um, so I don't know when this is planned for. Um expected the ballot Thursday evening, so it might be actually this evening. So if we receive anything... We'll put it on the Telegram channel. Also, uh, if you haven't seen this uh, coming to us from Dr. David Cartland, a message to those who were not vaccinated. He says, it is you. You passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commanders, Green Berets, astronauts, and geniuses could not. You are made of the heroes, the finest heroes who have ever lived. 
heroes born among ordinary people, but who shine in the dark. If you get a chance, check out that post. Very encouraging that when you do the right thing, it emboldens others around you. Coming to us from the regional front, Texas is now putting up barbed wire on the border with New Mexico because of the southern border problem. And last but not least, if you get a chance, Pierre Polive from Canada running and doing a masterful job handling the media. One of the funniest videos I've ever seen. He destroys a liberal journalist eating an apple and how's them apples. And that's the briefing. Thank you to everybody for watching today. I know this was a packed episode, but please share, like, and comment. And remember, we are in the greatest time in history. The Great Awakening is here. The Great Harvest is here. It takes all of us as Christians right now to resolve in our hearts to stand up and keep up the fight.